Welcome into the Third Shift Podcast, part of the Husker 24-7 Podcast Network. We're a Whoa. network now. Whoa. I made that decision. <laughs> we, uh, we're up to three podcasts a week. That makes us a network. This is the, uh, the podcast where we break down Nebraska's performance against Wisconsin. On Saturday, the Huskers came up short in a 37-21 loss. But there are a few good things to take out of the performance from Saturday. Notably, the Huskers got its strongest performance to date from Dedrick Mills. And also, I feel like maybe the best that Adrian Martinez has played, at least since the injury that occurred uh, against Northwestern. And really, to be honest, probably the best he's played since the fourth quarter against Illinois. Gentlemen, Brian Christopherson, Michael Brunts is always with me. Are these statements fair? Are they accurate? Go for it, Bruns. Well, I, I think offensively that was at times the best that Nebraska's looked um, in basically probably since the Northwestern game. I mean, it didn't look great North against Northwestern, but, um, you know, I, I thought for the most part the offense, you know, put some yards together. They got into uh, Wisconsin territory, I think eight times, seven times. Uh, I'd need to go back and stat department that a little bit, but they came up empty too often. Um, the Adrian Martinez point that you made is an interesting one because it felt like he played well at times. He also finished 13 for 23 with a touchdown and interception and four sacks, including a 20 yard sack that took Nebraska out of a promising drive. So, I, I think that it was a bit of a mixed bag with Adrian. Um, he played well enough at times to win, and other times he made some decisions that uh, kind of cost him. Um, and and I, I think that's kind of where I fall with his day a little bit more. But I, I thought, you know, the, the, the defense, if they would have helped out the offense a little bit, um, that, that's a much uh, tighter game for Wisconsin to have to sweat through at the end. Yeah, it comes down to finishing for me. Uh, Nebraska couldn't finish drives. They couldn't finish tackles, and that was that was basically it. I mean, they, they had eight drives where they were inside Wisconsin's 40 and scored 21 points. They averaged 8.2 yards per play, which is really good. Uh, Diedrich Mills averaged more than 11 yards per rush. Uh, Adrian was good. I thought, I thought pretty good. Uh, that sack was inexcusable. Those were his words and everybody thought it when he lost 20 yards and had a lot of time to get rid of it. Uh, so there were obviously mistakes, but I, I at least felt like that was a, a resemblance to the guy we saw last year. Uh, that was, you know, where he had 123 positive yards rushing, yeah. Um, if you take out the sack. So he was really giving Wisconsin a lot of problems with his feet. Uh, but again, you know, you get, you got to put the ball in the end zone. You can't, you know, three times they're inside the 25 yard line and they got zero points out of three of those drives and, uh, you know, score two touchdowns there. And it's basically a tie game. Uh, have your kicker make a, you know, a, a very makeable field goal and, and maybe you win the thing with a, a couple more touchdowns. So, it's it's a lost opportunity because I think they actually surprised me with how well they were able to move the ball against a very good defense. Yeah, and don't forget the kickoff return for a touchdown because Nebraska's inability to kick the ball into the end zone all season long, combined with the inability to kick the ball high enough that they're not out kicking their coverage, actually out kicking their coverage, which has been an issue 
really for kickoff the entire season. I mean, that touchdown felt like it had been coming for some time. Nebraska's flirted with disaster on kickoffs, and today was a day right after you get this great moment where you go in, you score a touchdown, you're leading against Wisconsin, you're kicking it off. This is coming off of forcing a fumble. Stadium's feeling good. And Wisconsin scores on like an 85-yard kick return for a touchdown. It felt like a very Nebraska moment. Yeah. Uh, the, and, you know, the special teams had to win the day, and obviously they didn't. And then, you know, Nebraska's defense, it was weird because for like a quarter and a half, I thought they had a, actually a pretty good grasp on Jonathan Taylor. It felt like, hey, he's not getting loose that often. And, you know, at, le- at least they're they're – it's not these 30, 40 yard runs that are just happening again and again or anything like that. And yet you look up at halftime and Jonathan Taylor already has 110 yards basically. And he ends up with 204 yards, you know, on what 24 carries or something like that. So uh, when it was all said and done, you know, we knew going in Nebraska's defense was going to have a problem. And then Darian Daniels is out. And then Carlos Davis, um, you know, decides he can't go today after practicing all week, which is sort of a mysterious thing hanging over this game. Uh, it's it, it was going to be a difficult task. Uh, I thought some of the young guys played okay. I thought Ty Robinson did some good things. Casey Rogers got snaps. D- Damian Daniels got a lot of snaps. I guess that's good for the future that at least you're getting those guys in there who are going to matter in 2020. Uh, it was uh, d- the defense was, you know, when they were going okay. I mean, you, you get the the – the fumble early on, you're feeling great there. Um, you know, the, the the three and out right after halftime, it felt like that was another opportunity where the defense had gotten a stop. Um, and, great you know, play Nebraska, by DeAndre Thomas. Yeah, he it snipped out that, that screen pass. But it's it needed to be a day, a game today, where Nebraska was able to force Jack Cohn to beat them and, and not give him easy throws. And... There were way too many of those drives where, you know, I, I think there was one scoring drive where the the most difficult play that Wisconsin faced was a third and three, and otherwise they were on schedule the entire time. So just not enough, um, you know, of that line and, and, and a depleted line not being able to bow up. You, you saw Wisconsin's linemen getting uh, to Nebraska's middle linebackers frequently. I mean, you saw Mo Berry going backwards. Uh, more than a couple times uh, in, in that game. So that, that's just a tough way to live against Wisconsin. You really kind of have to muck things up like Illinois did uh, at the point of attack, and, and with, partially because of who wasn't there, but also just you know Wisconsin being too good on first down for Nebraska to really do anything. I think one of the things that we probably will forget because of the happening earlier in the game, if you think about it, after the first two touchdowns Wisconsin scored, Nebraska's defense did a pretty decent job in that they only gave up two more touchdowns and several more scoring drives that resulted in field goals. But they were they were holding Wisconsin's notable rushing attack in check for the most part. Where they got killed is in a game in which you know that Jonathan Taylor has big play potential and you know that you can't afford to let other people beat you. A.J. Taylor has a giant touchdown catch that puts Wisconsin up based on a slant route that gets turned into something bigger because Markel Dismuke went for a kill shot and DiCaprio Boodle didn't tackle. 
I mean, you you couldn't let Jack Cohn get a play like over half of their passing yards basically came on that one play, or, or nearly half of their passing yards. It felt like so. It, it just you look at that, you look at the kick return for a touchdown. If you eliminate those big plays and you at least force Wisconsin to drive on you, then you're talking about a game where Wisconsin's having to live in the twenties, or maybe they get to the low thirties. That's the kind of territory, like, if, if we're talking about the blueprint where Nebraska can beat Wisconsin in 2020 and beyond, it's when they can force the Badgers to have to, to score and make those long drives, and they did it pretty well in the run game. I mean, Jonathan Taylor only had one carry that went for over 15 yards, I think, today. So they, they did some things well. It's just those two big plays negated whatever gains it felt like the defense made, and it allowed for the the Badgers to score 37 points. Plus, I don't think we've mentioned it yet, a bad interception from Adrian Martinez throwing almost directly at, at Chris Orr, who's able to bat the ball up in the air and another linebacker runs under it for Wisconsin and what really flipped the momentum pretty strongly at that point. Yeah, the 55-yard touchdown should have been a 15-yard play. Uh that was that was one example of bad tackling. There was a Jonathan Taylor run I I specifically remember where it's like okay it's a it should be a three yard play. Lamar made a terrible attempt. It ends up being a sixteen yard play. But the one that sticks out to me was a third and ten. You remember they hit the fullback and it should have yep. been about six or seven, uh, fourth and three on about the thirty three yard line. And Mo Berry and DiCaprio Boodle both overrun the play. It ends up being thirteen yards in a first down. So. All that added up, and then once again, we've talked about this before, Nebraska, when they have a team pinned back, for whatever reason, can't get these stops uh, when things are kind of going their way. After Nebraska took a 14-10 to 10 lead, you know, Wisconsin had to go 86 yards, and of course they went 86 yards in five plays. And so it's a weird thing this team has where one unit can have success, but the other team doesn't uh back that up and and make it their success then and uh we see that it kind of like they take turns not uh you know using what the other side of the ball just did for them to their advantage and it happened again today and that was when this game turned what what do you guys kind of make of uh, so obviously nebraska's very much uh, against the wall in terms of continuing their season beyond uh black friday against iowa we kind of talked about it a little bit off air, um, just about where things stand for them. But I mean, what's your level of confidence heading into these final two games based on what you saw today against uh, Wisconsin? Well, I'll, I'll jump here first. I, I feel better about Nebraska's chances against Maryland and Iowa than I did before today, in part because if Wandale's injury is to linger and he's not necessarily available – it felt like they have they found something in, in Diedrich Mills against a very good Wisconsin defense. They were able to open some things up, and I think that was a really nice game plan and a good job of scouting. Uh, you know, go back early in that game on a couple third and medium, third and longs. They went in, and they basically were like, you know what? You're going to put two down linemen on third and medium. We're going to run right at you. And they did it, and they had first downs out of it. And then Wisconsin tried to change up. And Nebraska changed up, and they went with some more zone runs, and they had more success with it. So 
I, I think that Mills has been one of those guys I would have said has been underutilized even before we got into this game. But you saw why Nebraska was so excited to add him to their rushing attack. What I want to see going forward with Wandale Robinson and, and Mills is how do you make those guys work together? How do you get them to complement each other in your offense to make you stronger overall while also having Adrian Martinez and, and everybody else? So it's a, it's a really unique situation with that offense right now. I just, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butt in here for what's not going to be breaking news, but Minnesota's kicker just missed a PAT. They're now down four with three minutes and 20 seconds to go and one timeout. That's your newsflash. So the third shift update. Yeah. Folks, folks are going to know the final score when this is posted, of course. But, well, now uh, they know how it happened. Yeah. So that was good play-by-play. Um, I think, yeah, I think they can win next week, Nebraska. Uh, Maryland is uh, – they're beat up, and they've had a rough, rough year. Now, they, they are coming off a bye week. They didn't play this week, and it's going to be their final home game. And obviously, at this point with Nebraska's season, nothing can be taken for granted. But I'll, I'll tell you what, if they show up with the effort they had today, there is no problem with the effort. And that's why that's something I was encouraged about, because something feels off and weird about this team right down to the whole Carlos Davis thing today. And uh, not knowing exactly what that's all about. Maybe there's a good reason for it, but it just seems strange. And then, you know, Tyron Ferguson, who's a senior on your roster, you know, this week that news comes out that he's no longer there. Uh, it's just sort of this disjointed feeling. So I didn't know exactly what we were going to see. But the guys who were on the field, the one thing I will say about them is as flawed as this bunch is, they played hard. And I'll give them that. And if they go play hard against Maryland the same level, they'll beat Maryland. And they'll give themselves at least a chance to make Black Friday interesting because they should be, if they play hard, they can. They'll be right there with that Iowa team, too, to the end. So uh, it's it's still there over the next two weeks to somehow spin this thing in a little bit of a positive direction, but they're going to need the same type of work ethic they had today, which I thought was actually the one the one thing I really liked about the team today. We also haven't addressed, uh, I guess, the, the news that happened before we even got to the stadium today that Scott Frost got a two-year contract extension uh, through the 2020. 2026 season uh what do you guys make of that uh were you surprised and what do you think that signals to anybody and anybody um i didn't think it had to be done uh that's my initial take because he still had five years so i didn't totally understand why it was needed but um it sends a message to anybody who's doubting because we are in an era of college football where coaches are actually getting fired in their second years. We've seen it at Arkansas. We've seen it at Florida state and it tells anybody out there, uh, Scott Frost is the central focus of this program for a long time. Uh, I never doubted that. Um, so I didn't need a contract extension, uh, news release to, to think that. Uh, but you know, I, I guess, I guess that tells you, uh, there's a, sort of this feeling like it's either if it's not Scott, who's going to who can do it. And uh, I, f- I think there's sort of that feeling with the administration, too. They feel like this is a guy who's going to put everything into it. Uh, he's got a good offensive mind, which we did see today. I think he his offense and the what they were doing had Wisconsin off balance the whole day. So there's a lot of stuff that's good there. Um but yeah, it was one of those things where I kind of shrugged my shoulders about it because I didn't think it. <laughs> I just didn't. I just didn't know that it needed to be done. But it's fine. It's an answer to the question that nobody was asking. A little bit, yeah. 
I would echo pretty much everything Brian said. I didn't really know what the reasoning was uh, behind doing it today. I mean, he had, what, a seven-year contract when he started? Yeah. So I, I feel like we need to give a lot of credit to the coaches' associations in America for really, really making it seem like they have to have these five-year deals all the time or they're not able to compete. Uh, they've, they've done a nice job of upping their own buyout money. I don't think that's the case here. Uh, but I like Brian, I also didn't understand it. I also thought the timing of announcing it was sort of weird before this Wisconsin game as opposed to, to maybe some other time. But it's done. I, I think it's the direction that the program is headed. I think Scott Brox is going to be here a long time. It's been slow in the beginning, but I expect that it gets better going forward. Yeah, I think he's going to win here. I really do. And I think at some point he, uh, he, can, he can win big. And I always remind myself that seeing is you do have to keep a, a real big picture perspective in place with analyzing this staff and everything going forward. That doesn't mean you can't self critique them hard, but you know, these guys are going to be around a while. There's not, there's not that as Scott Frost said today, one of the things that was appealing to him in this coaching staff about coming here besides him being his alma mater, but for the other guys, is that there was a big runway for them to work with where they knew they could build it their way. And uh, that is most definitely the case. It's a huge runway, as we're seeing. Brunch, you have thoughts? No, I mean, I think you guys hit on it. I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't think it needed to be done. It's done, I guess. You know, it, it signals from the administration's point of view, if you're out on the recruiting trail, that, you know, that they're backing their guy and there's no question about, you know, his future at Nebraska based on, you know, what's happening at Arkansas, what's happened at Florida State, uh, you know, and some of these other second-year coaches that, that are, you know, not seeing immediate success and are getting bounced. I mean, I, my sense is that there's probably not a ton of negative recruiting going on yet. Maybe that, that doubt is being sown a little bit uh, by the part of opposing coaches. But, uh, I mean, it, it's – I, I just think, you know, if you really kind of understand what's going on at Nebraska, I mean, it, it's Scott's show. They, they, they're letting him run the ship. It's going to be his ship for a while. So, uh, you know, he, the contract's nice, but, I mean, I, I, I don't think it changed anything from when we woke up this morning. All right. Last, well, I have okay. one, more th- one more thing since it was a big recruiting weekend. It was interesting. Scott Frost even mentioned the recruits. Obviously not specifically, but in his post game, um, I don't know, Schaefer. It seemed like a kind of game where obviously it's a beautiful day in Lincoln, but um, you know they didn't they didn't get their doors blown off. But it also was a game where if you're a young guy watching it, you're thinking, okay, I can help sooner than later. So I would think that it, in some ways it wasn't a bad setup for how it played out from a recruiting standpoint. I would think. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll see what the early returns are on Sunday, but just from the kind of conversations I had with the people involved with it over at Nebraska throughout the day, I think they were really excited about how things played out in terms of getting all seven guys there. Everybody was able to see the game. Uh, you know, nobody showed up so late that they, they missed anything. Uh, so I, I think they're happy about that. Obviously, I think they wanted to come away with a win, but in terms of showing off what this program can be, you had a couple wide receivers there. I think you can still easily see where wide receiver talent is desperately needed on this team. You had some defensive backs there. In addition, I love the fact that Ronald Delancey and Timon, or Timon Lynham came up 
to Nebraska for this unofficial visit to hang out with some guys from Florida. I think that could pay some real dividends. I do think they're going to get one or two guys that came up for this visit weekend to ultimately commit, and they may end up flipping a guy or two as well. All right. Any final thoughts? That's all I got. I got nothing. All right. Well, Iowa's punting to Minnesota. Minnesota's down by four. <laughs> they need a touchdown. 159 to go. You'll find out about it on the Husker 24-7 podcast on Wednesday.